Hello and welcome to the Season 5 wrap-up of Setting the Tone, an ER retrospective. My name is Elizabeth, and joining me today, as always, are Lauren. Ahoy hoy! And Daniel. Hey! Also joining us today is our Master of Ceremonies for the 5th sem- Semi-Annual Tony Awards. Please welcome in Jake of the Popular Court. What's up, nerds? Are we in the Matrix? Because I'm getting some deja vu. <laughs> take this is this is take two. We've, we encountered some technical difficulties, so... Let's go again. Let's Let's go go again. Yes. I'm nothing if not technically difficult, and that was Danny's nickname in high school. Ah, (laughs) Now I understand why you love Leia so much. It does make a lot of sense now. (laughs) All right. To kick us off, Daniel, why don't you go over some season stats? Yes, season five, the season that was. uh, In terms of average viewers, uh, we were dipping ever so slightly below the 30 million threshold this season. Uh, 29.6 million viewers tuning in on average week to week. Uh, We had early on in the season, we fell under the 30 uh, million peak for the first time um, pretty much since the show began. Um, The show, once it kind of got its initial footing, hit 30 million and pretty much stayed there. Um, But early this season, um, we dropped down into the 20s. Uh, and stayed there for about eight or nine weeks uh, of the first half of the season. And then once all the Doug stuff kicked up, we got back over that 30 threshold. And then we had that monster week um, around the storm uh, where we were up in the like 35, 36 number. Uh, and then it was kind of like up and down from there, back down into the 20s. Um, I think we finished the season at 32. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of what things change as we go into season six and beyond. I know as we get um, way down the line into like the, the teen seasons, um, obviously the landscape of entertainment as a whole is going to change. Uh, so the, um, number of viewers is going to go way, way down as the number of options goes up. Um, and then streaming will really throw a wrench into things towards the very end. It'll um, be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Uh, so yeah, 29.6 million viewers on average this season. Uh, number of twinkles we had, let's hear it for the two twinkles we had this season. Uh, <laughs> We had uh, a total of zero twinkles from seasons three and four combined, uh, and we got two this season. Uh, I had to go back and check when we actually got them. It was sometime late in late season two uh, that we um, last had twinkles before this season. Uh, so it can only go up from here, you know? Like, Don't call I, it a comeback. I have and been for told... the listeners at home, Danny has a very sad chalkboard behind him while he records (laughs) that has uh two columns one of which is bangs one of which is twinkles and it is vastly outnumbering the twinkles at this point hey hey, don't put don't put disrespect on his zelda shield we 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 haven't started counting the cities yet like we we can still win this (laughs) um so i've been told by some of our friends uh who are much further ahead in their rewatch that season six is where the twinkles start to uh, make their return in earnest so i'm hopeful that uh when we get to do the season six wrap up in six months or so uh that we'll have uh, a little bit more equitable of a number this is charlie brown in that football every season i just keep pulling it out yeah well you know uh, our previously on ER breakdown for this season, uh, we had a grand total of six from Mark Tiberius Green uh, leading <laughs> the way. Uh, Carter was just behind with five. Uh, Doug had a respectable three before he made his midseason exit. Uh, Benton also checking in with a solid three. And then bringing up the rear, we had Carol and Weaver with two apiece. Very surprised to see not only no Corday, but also no Romano and no Lucy as well. And no Jeannie. 
and no genie either. That's a good point. Yeah. Although genie, we'll we'll definitely get into the genie thing here in a bit uh, because this was the season of the disappearing genie Boulet. She was MIA almost more often than she was. Did you say they put genie in a bottle? Oh. I, like <laughs> <laughs> I I would like to move on. <laughs> So moving on, because Daniel's going to kill me otherwise, uh, let's go. We're just going to go into a broad discussion of season five as a whole. And Daniel, work out some of that rage by talking about how much you love season five. I'm keeping my headphones off and protest for a bit. <laughs> uh, no, season five was, uh, I think, probably the best one we've had yet. I mean, it's certainly, the, I think, the most consistent from beginning to end. Um it was um, we had some really high peaks in this season, but we also didn't have any super low lows either. Like our valleys were much shorter and much shallower than they have been in past seasons. Um, we made a lot of noise at the end of season three that season four was the beginning of this new era that, um, you know, we were through kind of the prologue and and it was all killer, no filler from here on out. And while it was true for certain aspects of season four, like, you know, speaking pretty much specifically about exodus um outside of that and a couple other underrated ones season four was kind of a mess like season four was a a kind of a tonal mess and season five i think really delivered on all of that promise that we were feeling at the end of season three that this was a new era things were changing and that we were going to get a lot better quality of stuff week to week on average um so i mean obviously the doug's doug exit stuff kind of takes center stage and is kind of the key focus of the season, especially in the first half. Um, and that's all great. And But even the small, more self-contained storylines, I thought, worked very well. You know, the Amanda Lee thing is is absurd and takes the kind of suspension of disbelief to a level that we have never been asked to do before as the audience. And, and I already almost forgot that that was the season. Yes, that that's one of the things I love about doing these is going back and remembering like, holy shit, that was this season. Um, yeah, I, I thought that worked pretty well. I thought the Mobilage thing worked incredibly well. The Mobilage thing was a, a, a shining beacon in that last third of the season. Um, so, yeah, there's just a lot to like about this season. I have very few. Compl- I guess my, my only complaints would be that I didn't feel that Lucy was as... Um, utilized as i was expecting her to be i guess most of my memories of what makes lucy so great is going to be in in six um and then obviously what happens at the end or the middle but um she just wasn't really obviously her debut is great and we'll get into that as we go along um and she has some other shining moments throughout the season but she was not nearly the factor in the overall proceedings of season five that i was expecting her to be um and the other thing, of course, as I mentioned before, is Jeannie. Like, Jeannie is MIA for seven total episodes out of this season. So that means – and just because she's in 15 others doesn't necessarily mean that she's the focus. Like, there, I, I can only think of one, maybe two episodes this season where Jeannie was a focus. And other than that, she's just kind of set dressing. She's just kind of in the background and having her bit, having her have been such a strong presence for us in the first four seasons where we were just gushing over Gloria Rubin and gushing over Jeannie to have her kind of just disappear this season was really disappointing. And especially knowing that that's not really going to get better because she's leaving us pretty early next season. I wish um, she had had more to do up front with the stuff that was going on with Doug. I feel mm-hmm. like they could have utilized her working in peds way more than they did. Yeah. I and agree. just 
Yeah, that was one of I think that was one of the big uh, pitfalls for season five was definitely Jeannie's absence. Um, yeah, I agree with you on everything else. Um, this was the season four that should have been. I just <laughs> like everything on here, even the mediocre ones, hit way stronger for me. Um, I remember season four. There was quite a few weeks where I was like, Jesus, when is this gonna get better? Yeah. Like it just was not hitting those those strong notes on season five. I feel like for most of it, we were at least entertained, if not engaged, for all of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the The bad stuff I think in season five would hold up against some of the more like middle of the road, average stuff in season four. Like mm-hmm. it, season four was kind of a shock to all of us how meandering it was and how much they sort of lost the, the thread all the time. <laughs> Uh, so season five was like a breath of fresh air when you compare it to season four. Mm-hmm. For me, it was really outside of what Daniel's already said about this being the season four that we wanted. Um, it's really it was really great for me to see a lot of my favorite characters really just grow mm-hmm. this season. Uh, Benton really becoming taking on that father role with Reese and doing everything he can for him really changes his character fundamentally and for the better. Um, seeing Corday come into her own more, even though she has to be an intern this year, we, that they really lose that sort of mm-hmm. subplot too. Like it gets mentioned briefly at the end of the season, like, Oh, how many weeks do you have left on your internship when really she hasn't complained about it in a while, but yeah. Cause she's not working for Dale all of a sudden she's yeah. working for Benton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When's the last time we saw Dale this season? Don't like bring early. that up because if yeah, you bring up Dale, he'll show up in season six. It's let's, been let's too. Him to die. It's always been too soon since we've last seen Dale. That's fair enough. He's like Beetlejuice. You don't want to say his name too too many times in a we've row. We've already said it three times. We're oh, screwed. Shit. But <laughs> anyway, um, and then also seeing Lucy, like even though she was underutilized, she's a l- large part of why I love season six, and. I feel like season five was what I was hoping season four would be in that it really puts together the pieces for my favorite seasons, which are six, seven, and eight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of solid threads by the end of season five for season six are established and we're off to the, ra- we'll be off to the races next week with season, even just in episode one. Um, obviously, Oh, and also Mark fully shed the asshole persona. He, you know, keeps the questionable facial hair around, (laughs) but that's neither here nor there. Um, But him really embracing his leadership role in the ER, Mm -hmm. him really taking the, the role of attending seriously and having to do that because Romano is like sort of like an absentee chief. So I feel like a lot of people really look to him and to Carrie. Like they're both co-leaders, but like Mark more so this season, I felt like, um, especially when dealing with the Doug stuff. Yeah. But yeah. With Carrie, once she kind of, once she kind of gave up on that, uh, goal of becoming actual chief, she kind of backed off on a lot of that policy. Yeah. Stuff. And Mark really filled in that role. Not to, not to like the strict super degree that Carrie would, but like, he's like, no, Doug, you can't fucking do this shit, man. Come on. Like, what? <laughs> like, I'm. Don't make me hate. Don't make me. <laughs> don't make me do the the hard part of administration. Um, But yeah, so 
the chess pieces are all set green days in full force <laughs> i am season five was great solid nine out of ten season overall for me this season could have been 23 episodes of jerry getting shat on by a horse but have <laughs> subplots of green day getting together and lizzie would be like best season ever yeah i mean let's that's a, that, <laughs> that is a perfect segue into your thoughts on season five my friend because you as usual as is the usual uh kind of standard practice around here is we make you we don't make you but we we <laughs> usually after we finish one of these you go and binge the next season and this was a unique one because obviously the lucy arc is so kind of omnipresent over the next we knew it was not only going to be omnipresent over the events of the show but also on our kind of discussion about it and we didn't want to spoil you on that so you've actually gone and watched season five and the first half of season six through what happens in all in the family so i guess you know, try as hard. I know you went and rewatched a few episodes this morning to kind of refresh your memory on season five. But what was your thoughts on this season as a whole, and and more specifically, what were your thoughts on that horse episode? <laughs> a full season later. <laughs> overall, overall, I I think I think I like this season. Like, I don't know how to describe. Like, y'all talk about it like way better than season four, and maybe I just like season four because I remember like better than most other people. Like, I think this season you can definitely tell structurally they took a lot of lessons from the uh, dying and spa kid, where you have a very like strong, like not I don't call it subplot, but strong story, and it it's over the course of like four or five episodes, and a, it, a mini arc, and it like builds on itself. It's good. It's a mini arc. And that's what this season really did. There was a lot of mini arcs. But I think overall, my impression of this season is that it is a comic book. There are strong overarching stories you build up to the big crossover event, the storm. Uh, and then after the storm issues, you kind of have a, a breather, um, you know, with uh, Far From Home or Home. What was <laughs> I don't remember the name of this episode. And I don't remember why. Um, middle of nowhere yeah middle of nowhere um but there's just so much in this season that's like it, the only way i can describe it is wackadoo like the all the amanda lee stuff the horse stuff it asked me to in like to, to suspend my disbelief to levels that like it really stretched the limits of what I was going to believe. And, and I don't think it did at times, I, obviously my feelings about the horse stuff, like it just seems so insane to me that any of this was happening. Um, and I get it's comedic relief in a show and it's like supposed to be laughs has fun. One, I hate horses because I don't trust things that don't stop to poop. That's fact. That's fact. Um, the reason he hates birds is uncovered. They folks. can kick you and kill you. What? What they are war machines. Freaking uh, Aomir rides across the fields with the, Roh with the Rohirrim uh, to go fucking storm Middle Earth on these death machines. They take down elephants. I'm sorry, oliphants. Anyways, doesn't matter. Go watch Lord of the Rings. What I'll say is that I just like the specifically the Amanda Lee stuff. I just do not buy that somebody doesn't. I understand that Anspaugh is exhausted and like cannot be bothered, but like. It's a background check. It's basic. Like I, there's so many times where like Benton like 
throws a bomb in the ER. What's happening with this show? Oh yeah, I did forget about that. Yeah, it's you're right. just like there's so many things like that where it just seems like incredulous at times. Um, but overall, I mean, there's a lot of good things in here that work for me. There's a lot that I don't think really works for me. Um, but overall, it's positive, like a six, seven out of oh, ten. I would love to hear some of the stuff that you didn't think worked as well. I mean, obviously there's the stuff that, and I would agree too, that, that this is definitely the season that has tested the audience's suspension of disbelief the most. Um, the Amanda Lee thing is far and away, I think probably the furthest we've been asked to go as an audience. And I just and think, I've, I feel like we've them. missed something. Like it starts off with episode one. Like this is what it must be like to only watch the MCU movies because I come in <laughs> at season five, episode one, and Carter is an entirely different person. For no reason, he starts acting like an asshole to Lucy. For someone, he should be a good teacher. Like, the, the, and I understand that's the point that he's like dropping the ball. And I, I guess he's like personally agreed that uh, Maria Bella was gone now. Like, I don't. I don't get it, man. Like, I just... He just really hates Ritalin. I, and I rewatched those episodes earlier today, and out of nowhere, it was like, I've got a hard stance on Ritalin, and I'm like, oh, I'm John Carter, MD. Yeah. I don't like when people take medication I... that's good for them. I'm like, if it helps her, why the fuck do you care? I There's so many things that are so out of character that I, I really do feel like I missed a half season somewhere because I don't understand where Carter does like it starts acting this way i just i feel yeah. like there's a piece missing to bridge where we left in season four to where we pick up now i don't know it's man that's you, the only you way you might be right you might be right because you know like i said who knows how um the dissolution of maria bello and, and all that who knows how that affected things creatively and and it didn't seem obviously like they had very big plans for that character going forward and you know, it was kind of like a, yeah, come back if you want to, but it's not going to hurt our feelings if you don't. It seems um, like she left and then Carter became an incel and is like, I hate women because. Yeah, he does get comes really off. bad. And I like really Carter. Bad. I really do. He's one of it's, my like typically favorite characters, but I just, the season was just, ugh, I don't know, man. Some, some people out there would argue that uh, at the end of season four and, and beyond that Carter never really recovers from that. Like he never really gets back to being good Carter until after he's already gone from the show and is just kind of an infrequent guest. Maybe like he, we missed like a six episode miniseries that's like instead of Loki, it's Carter and it's him going across the multiverse with other versions of Noah Wiley. Be and suddenly the one what that comes back, back in season five is a different Carter. Think about it, guys. That, that would explain the beard, that's for sure. It's Alligator Carter. Oh, I'd watch the shit out of that show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. You're absolutely right, though. Carter is the kind of far and away the standout of of um, in a bad way. Like, he he sticks out in this season of, of, like, man, what happened to this guy? Like, he wasn't perfect. He had his moments where we were like, God damn it, Carter, get your shit together. But this season, he was bad. And it never, he has his moments, brief, brief moments, but this season it never really gets out of first gear and it never really gets better for him. Um, so yeah, I don't know what is up with that. I don't, I don't know if there was some sort of creative journey they went on where they just, all their plans for season four got completely, up, or, or season five got completely upended by Maria Bella leaving and then they just had to hastily throw together Carter's arc. 
um it's not even but, an i i don't know what it is i'm not gonna call it an arc because no he then, doesn't have an arc he, he doesn't in the have storm as i rewatched earlier today he suddenly starts getting romantic with the girl he's been i don't know gaslighting and abusing all season i hate it i hate it so yeah. much it's it's pretty rough it is pretty rough but hopefully you know i mean obviously i know you've already seen the first half of season six hopefully you find the second half uh to be at least equally enjoyable if not better um, and you, you get to learn and love some of these new characters that we're going to have coming in. Um, I will but- say, and I want to address something Lizzie specifically predicted last time, which was she predicted that I would hate Lucy, and that is not the case. I really like Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Would you say you love Lucy? I'm not going to – we don't need to address that. We, we can just move on. Lizzie had her one. I've had my one. Let's just, you know, let's 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 move on. Let's move on to what the listeners had to say, Lauren. Um, so first off, we have Gen T. Listen, y'all know that seasons 4 through 13 are the ER sweet spot for me. This season is one of the reasons why ER is the GOAT. The Mark Mobilage story, Doug's exit, Lucy's introduction and journey, the end of Ben Day and the beginnings of Green Day, Carol's pregnancy revelation, Carrie's search for her mom, even the continuation of Carter's descent into douchiness. All of it, it's so good. Mary L says, so many little twists and turns. Mobilage and Kube, Jeannie's crisis with hepatitis C, her anger, struggle, and finally her peace with the Reverend, and what that sweet friendship and that sweet friendship scene with Peter. Coco and her journey to be a responsible mama, Lucy and glimpses into what could have been an amazing career in helping people with mental illness, the start of Green Day, that tango. Looking forward to the return of Lizzie's mom and Mark's dad, especially looking forward to John Cullum singing. Lots of good stuff coming, as well as a lot of sadness. That that does, uh, I want to address Mary's point here, um, and throw it over to you, the both of you as well. Is this the last happy ER season? Is this the last hopeful ER season? Because it seems to me like hmm. everything is a huge fucking bummer from here on out. With and it, or not that the, everything is a huge bummer, but that uh, but like there have been bummers in the first five seasons, but they have always been outweighed by happier, better things. Whereas from here on out, I feel like the bummers are gonna take precedent over the more infrequent moments of happiness. I mean, spoilers, but a spoiler for season seven. I mean, you do have like the eventual like happiness surrounding. Uh, Mark and Lizzie getting married. True, true. And sorry to spoil this for you, Jake, but they're eventually having a kid. But she can do so much better like, than him. <laughs> and yet she doesn't. <laughs> and, and yet she doesn't. <laughs> what a great way to phrase that. Because because they're perfect together. And yet so she fuck doesn't. you, Daniel. I mean, fuck you, Jake. <laughs> She's just so used to saying that that it, it came out that way. Oh, so Bliss S says, I really love this season. It feels like the last season of the OG cast before we bring in the new characters. Lizzie Corday really came into her own this season. We got to see her show her independence and stand up to Romano and end one relationship and begin another. We got an amazing new addition, addition with Lucy, who I always found myself identifying with as a young woman trying to learn and prove herself, despite asshole Carter. Plus, we got to see the last season with Doug, Carol, and Mark sharing the same workspace. Despite his flaws and arrogance, Doug's heart was always in the right place. He was the lovable screw-up who, at the root of the matter, wanted to prevent pain for his child patients. 
There were some episodes that didn't land, but overall I enjoyed the combinations of characters this season, and I have to savor the last season of Doug, who became one of my favorite TV characters ever during the episode Hell in High Water. Looking forward to season six, but sad to see season five going. Franner W says, season five, and I'm not going to lie, Lucy, is what made me a lifer with ER. Lots of character development, the softening of Benton, the downfall of everyone's favorite white knight only to be replaced by a new and far more sanctimonious one, Luca, and Lucy. Just Lucy. (laughs) These opinions are not that of STT. Um, At Basic Mall says, I just love this season. I mean, we have Lucy, who's so sweet. Going through and listening, there's really no episode that I absolutely hate. All of them have something good about them. Doug's exit is done really well. The whole Amanda Lee storyline is so much better than it has any right to be. I just think we get a a lot of really good stuff. Like the start of Green Day, we also get a whole lot of Mama Carrie towards the end, and I just love Mama Carrie. Amen. That Baker gal says, I like it. It's probably my favorite season going back and rewatching with y'all. I love most of the storylines, and several episodes really got to me. I'm just going to say this right now. Aaron, you're killing me. This is an excellent (laughs) thesis I'm about to read, but good God. Um, Friend of the show at Full-Time Dad says, Season 5 offered a sharp contrast to the previous season in multiple ways. First, a much more cohesive narrative beginning to end, and the detours, Benton in Mississippi, The Good Fight, Amanda Lee, et al., ultimately fed right back into the main storylines. Obviously, Clooney's departure was a monumental moment for the show, and they handled his exit and subsequent aftermath as impressively as you could. The addition of Lucy Knight infused the show with a much-needed dose of energy after season four's overall lack of it. I hated to see Ben Day fizzle out, which feels like ages ago at this point, and while I'm not a huge fan of Green Day, it's a pivotal pairing for the remainder of their time on the show, and it yields us some cute moments. My overall MVP for the season is Benton. Overall, his character's growth and maturation this season has been astounding. From his transition to devoted father to his post-breakup friendship with Elizabeth and his reconciliation with Jeannie, he shines. The biggest character digression was undoubtedly Carter. From episode 1 to 22, he had a handful of Carter moments, but his at best overbearing mentorship of Lucy and his awful beard just left a bad taste in my mouth. I mean, that about sums it up. We'll see you guys next time for season six. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, we got a we got a long way to go here. He does make some excellent uh, points there um, Mm. with specifically with regard to first Ben Day. That was this season. (laughs) Speaking of things that feel like ages ago, like, holy shit, that was this season that that I mean, I know it kind of starts a little bit at the tail end of three of uh, four, but holy shit like the majority of that and of course the the dissolution of that all takes place in season five that feels like it was decades ago at this point um and, uh, and everything he says about benton like everything he says about Benton. and spoilers for when we get to the mvp vote holy shit you guys do not know how to pick an mvp because oh. oh man uh he makes the best possible case for benton as an mvp here 100 um, that at the beginning of the season, not really remembering kind of how each individual episode played out. Um, I was kind of like, I I think we said it at the beginning of season um, or at the end of season four, going into five that we felt like MVP was going to be Lucy's to lose. 
for season five because it was like, oh, brand new shiny toy. You know, like we get this new thing that we get to enjoy and experience uh, all over again. And he was one. Aaron was one of the first people that was like, mm, I don't know, man. He's like, I don't think Lucy is as important to this season as you are remembering her to be. And I was like, at the time, I was like, bullshit. Like, of course it'll be like, it's going to be great. And then he laid out this whole, and this is back when we are in like episode three or four of the season. He lays out this whole argument of like, no, it's going to be Benton. And I know it doesn't make sense now, but give it another like 10 weeks and it'll totally make sense. And he was right. Like he was a hundred percent right. Because by the end of the season, we were like, you know, fist pumping our way through fucking Benton committing, you know, just a little bit of light kidnapping in the season finale. Um, 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 lawyer here, you cannot kidnap your own child. Custodial huh. interference, then. Just a little bit of light custodial interference. Is that what that would be? No, it's it's a dad and his fucking kid. Like, we'll, we'll get into it later, because I do agree <laughs> okay, entirely okay. that Benton is the MVP of the season, but you cannot kidnap your own child. Fair enough. I think I've watched too much popular media where that where custody situations are happening and there is a kidnapping. So that unless just... they have a court order in place, which they don't say, yeah, at this a... point, um, yeah. you cannot kidnap your own child. Right. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, let's get into another round of uh, disappointing not wins for the show on the awards front. So, uh, the 1999 Primetime Emmys, uh, ER was out was nominated for Outstanding Drama Series. Uh, outstanding lead actress in a drama series, Juliana Margulies, and outstanding supporting actor in a drama series, Noah Wiley. All nominated, no wins. Uh, and at the 1999 Golden Globe Awards, uh, was ER was nominated for Best Television Series, Best Lead Actor in a Drama Series, Anthony Edwards. Not sure if I agree with that one for this season, but okay. Um, Best Lead Actress in a Drama, uh, drama Series, Juliana Margulies. Definitely agree with that one. And Best Supporting Actor, Series, Miniseries, or Television Film, Noah Wiley. Who would you have... Always a Bridesmaids. Well, Always no. a Bridesmaid, never a Bride. Except for, I think, next season, where I think Juliana Margulies will finally get her one. Because yes. remember, kids, 15 seasons and 331 episodes of ER, only one person ever won an individual award for this fucking show, and it was Juliana Margulies, and I think it's next season. So obviously, because she's leaving, well, it, would but it would have to be next, to be next season. season. And I, her well, one I was trying to, in I was season fifteen. I was trying to remember. I was like, did, have we already had her one? And I don't think we have. So it must be next season. But um, so, who would you have nominated if not Anthony Edwards uh, for that Golden Globe? I probably would have nom- either nominated Clooney or uh, Eric Lasalle. Yeah, Clo- Clooney, I think definitely would have garnered some some uh awards momentum particularly since he was leaving the show uh and was heading off to greener pastures um and and just on pure work rate alone i think eric lasalle definitely deserved to get nominated he doesn't get even get nominated like he doesn't get nominated for anything like that's bullshit um yeah i don't know it's it's i mean they're they're definitely suffering from that like yeah, they're good, but there's other shiny toys that we can play with, you know, from a voting standpoint. Like, I think for the the Emmys, the one that they get um, uh, outdone by the most is the practice, which is like, who the fuck, you know, like, who, is it, find me a practice fan in 2021. Like, find me somebody who's still talking about the fucking practice. Uh, Jake and I are still talking about Boston Legal, so. <laughs> but it's just the two of you. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then I think for the Golden Globes, the one that was getting them, which that does sort of make sense, especially given the time and everything. Uh, the Sopranos. The Sopranos was uh, uh, the, the new. Is that already? Yeah. Nineteen ninety nine. Yep. It's yeah because you always think of the Sopranos as a two thousand show, but it starts in in ninety nine. Um, Jesus. So yeah, so the Sopranos basically took like everything that year. Like they were they were winning almost everything so a fucking gabagool on those bitches <laughs> oh this fucking guy going into the next things that we get robbed of what are some characters we said goodbye to yeah characters we actually got to say goodbye to now i will say uh both of these lists and, and of course after this we'll get into who got bobbed these are always controversial lists there's going to be some kindas some yeah buts some eh choices in here but i think each one deserves a mention uh in its own right uh, starting first and foremost with Carter's beard, uh, which we say goodbye to in season five, episode six, appropriately titled Stuck on You, uh, where he, <laughs> where he gets his face attached to a guy covered in carpet glue. And right. That did happen. Shaved. That did happen mm-hmm. this season. Yeah. It's so funny because if you go back and look at all the promotional material for season five, it's all him with the beard. And yet the beard only lasts, you know, six episodes and then we're done with it. Um, it didn't test well in focus groups. I, I could see why. It's not a great beard. As a, as a bearded man himself, uh, if I could be critical of one of my bearded brethren, uh, it's not a great beard. Like it's He could do better. Well, maybe he can't. Maybe that was the problem. Uh, and somebody pointed out, I forget who it was, and I apologize to who if they're listening, but somebody pointed out um, that the reason he's got the beard is because in the summer before this uh, mm-hmm. season, he's filming uh, the Steve Jobs TV movie. Um is it like pirates of Silicon Valley or something like that? Like it's, it it was the movie about Steve jobs and um, the other guy whose name is escaping me right now. Steve Wozniak. Um, Steve Wozniak, I think is one of them, but then uh, Bill Gates, Bill Gates is that like, they were just, there's like a TNT movie or something. It was not like a, a big motion picture or anything. It was Dan Hedaya. I'm pretty sure he plays Steve jobs in that. So that's why he had the beard to start. There's with. an ER movie we need to find. There's, yeah, there's the movie we need to track down. Um, so yeah, so Carter's beard, we say goodbye to that in season five, episode six. And then we pretty much don't say goodbye to anybody else until mid-season when we get to season five, episode 15, uh, of course, which we talked all about this. Uh, two massive episodes uh, on the main timeline, plus an even bigger episode uh, on the Patreon side. Uh, Doug Ross, who uh, George Clooney himself, who we say goodbye to, kinda, uh, because he will be making a couple of cameo appearances, which we touched on in that retrospective. Um, he, of course, says his goodbyes in Season 5, Episode 15, The Storm Part 2. Um, and he will be making, uh, one cameo appearance at the end of season six when Carol leaves. Uh, and he'll be making, of course, another one with Carol, uh, in season 15, 14, 15. 15 yeah. Yeah. It's, it's towards the end. Um, so yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know what more we can really say about Doug that we didn't already say on those three episodes that yeah. we kind of, kind of talked this Keep poor it. man to death. Yeah. Keep go it back. going. Yeah, go back. Yeah, go back and listen to those episodes yeah. if you want to hear. So, our so, yeah, I will say though, as massive as those episodes were, and as as draining and as exhausting as they were to do, there's some of the stuff that I'm proudest of that we've mm-hmm. done this mm-hmm. whole time. I feel like we really did do Doug justice. Uh, and yeah, just go listen to those. Um, season five, episode seventeen. We say one of the least memorable goodbyes in the entire show. Uh, EMT Lars Audia. 
who actually gets an on-screen death and we were all just sort of like huh like we basically just shrugged our way through that where we were like oh this guy dies interesting oh carter got someone killed sweet yeah like yeah and boy now that we're done with season five we can really finally say like there were no consequences from that no <laughs> like, not in the slightest they, he straight up killed a man and they just decided to never bring it up again i mean and... season five the kind of you know subtext of it is that there's no consequence to murder if you're a white man if you're yeah. a white man which, you know, is still sort of true, mostly, yeah. for the most part, 22 years later. Um, as long as you're a rich white man. Yeah. More so these days. But yeah, so this this one caught all three of us by surprise that we were like, you know, holy shit, this completely nothing character actually gets like a, an on-screen death episode with, you know, that's supposedly going to have impact. And his death and the aftermath both had zero impact. Very surprising. Uh, we get a twofer on the next two, uh, Kube and Mobilage, who Kube, you could sort of argue might be a Bob, but I lumped her in with Mobilage as a happily ever after sort of ending. Um, yeah. But we say goodbye to Kube in season five, episode 18, and then Mobilage one episode later uh, in season five, episode 19, where he presumably goes off to be a professional Frisbee thrower. A um, <laughs> little bit of an underwhelming goodbye after such a, a intense uh, high pressure storyline. Um, but I am glad that it was a happy ending when it was all said and done. Um, yeah. That was not. No, he goes up to space and joins Ron the Accuser and tries sure. to hunt down the Power Stone. Boy, just trying to find a solid picture of Jaiman Hansu with hair for these MV, for these uh, best guest star picture uh, things that we're going to get into in a little bit, that was not easy. The man has been bald <laughs> for like his entire career. And this is pretty much the only part he ever played where he had hair. Like, it's very hard to find a picture of him where he looks like Mobilage. Side note, he was also excellent in The King's Man. The Oh, really? Yeah. He was an excellent, he was an excellent part of that He's movie. He's also really good in Shazam. Yeah. He's just a good actor, guys. Go, go, He's just a go good actor. No, he yeah. has, there you go. There you go. He has long, he has long hair in Shazam. Obviously a wig. Yeah, but very much a wig. <laughs> he, uh, He's the wizard who gives... Uh, Yep. They, they were arguably um, one of the, the not the content of the story, but just the quality of it. They were arguably one of the most pleasant miniature stories of the season. Um, one that we were not uh, ready for. We were not uh, anticipating that being part of this season. Uh, and then when it showed up, it was just like it, 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 it didn't take any time at all for that storyline to get going. That storyline just kind of hit the ground running and never really stopped. Um, mm-hmm. And I was so impressed with it. Uh, and then here it is at uh, season five, episode 20, our long national minor inconvenience is over. If I can use the same joke twice, uh, Roxanne should all be us. ashamed of yourselves. She was but fine. Why, why are you going to like, I don't, I don't understand the hate that y'all had for her this entire season. It just felt like so out of left field. If I can, she's I, my season MVP. What I, are you talking about? I said nothing about her other than she was True. adequate. Yeah, no, no, no. It really, I, I just mean Danny specifically should be ashamed because it's like <laughs> every time it came up, he was just like, oh, it's Roxanne. Oh, and I'm just like, she's fine. Like I, I don't, have, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know. I've just have never been so annoyed by somebody who mattered so little. Like she. Hey, they needed, they needed to have a hot 90s 
movie star ish but like a hot 90s movie actress in the show to up their credibility up their street cred i thought she was fine and carter and carter always has to be in love or you know dating and involved with a blonde and skinny attractive woman boy does that continue and get weird next season and yet that's not how we who, who he ends up marrying. i know and it's great yeah <laughs> we'll get there and it's the only functional semi-functional relationship he ever has oh god we'll Ooh. get there Oof. okay what happened i said next? i said semi-functional um okay well this one is another one that is kind of a yeah but but i didn't feel it was right to not make mention of it we are losing our boy jerry for a solid <laughs> solid two and a half seasons in the we will arms not... of the angels as one national nightmare ends another one begins that uh, seems crazy that he's like gone for two whole ass seasons crazy yeah almost three he will he will be gone did we until did we mid season eight did we ask him why he took the hiatus because that's something we should um from what i understand i i think i think we actually got more insight into why he left uh, from Troy Evans than we did from him, sort of, mm. sort of by accident. When Troy you get Evans shotgun like, blasted by a horse, it stays with you. <laughs> That's when you know it's time to go. <laughs> That's when you're like, I think I'm done here. Um, no, I think what, for everything that I've read, I, I didn't feel comfortable asking him about it in the interview because I felt right. like it could lead to an uncomfortable answer. Um, That's fair. But basically what I have gleaned from everything that I've read was it, it was some combination of he was just kind of tired of doing it and wanted a break. And also, too, that his con- that he was angling for a pay raise, and Got it. that 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 didn't. Which, of course, as he mentioned in his interview, he never had a contract. He was always a yeah. he was always a week to week kind of performer. Um, yeah. But obviously, he was looking for maybe a he, little bit more on top of that. Which he know your value, kids. He was open enough with us about the finances thing in the interview that that would lead me to guess that that was probably a safe guess. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and and clearly it was no hard feelings because he found his way back um, mid-season eight and would continue to find his way back in various forms and, and phases all the way up through the end of the show. So it's this is not by any means the end of Jerry, but it is certainly the end for probably i think the longest stretch of time i don't think there will be another gap where we will not see jerry for this long again um so that kind of sucks uh but as as lizzie alluded to i can't remember if that was on this attempt or if it was in pre-show or if it was on first attempt i can't remember we've done we've been talking for a while today um (laughs) frank we will be getting Frank at some point this yeah. season. Um, it's not a it's not a one to one exchange, you know, Jerry. There will be a gap between those two, which I'll be interested to see how they fill. Um, but uh, certainly, Frank is going to be a character that I, not only am I excited to revisit. I know Lauren and Lizzie are excited to revisit, but I'm more excited for Jake to experience for the first time. Oh, Jake's going to hate him. Jake, I'm, that's who I'm calling. That Jake's going to hate. I'm betting Jake <laughs> hates Frank. I feel like we need a Team Frank sticker to go along with the Team Jerry sticker. Did you say this guy was racist? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who wants to be on that team? (laughs) The people who adore Troy Evans. Yeah. Maybe a Team Troy. Maybe maybe not Team Frank, but Team Troy. It's it's really, Jake, it's the performance that he brings to it. Yes. It it, it makes him endearing enough. It's not like Romano where he's just a straight-up dickbag. Right. It's... 
it's cranky so, uncle who so just do you doesn't mean quite get it but has a heart frank is like an antagonist that they actually give character depth and reason for the way he's that he even, behaves unlike the, a romano not, actually yeah he's, actually honestly yeah not, he gets more character development over the course of his time on the show than romano does if i'm being honest it's yeah he really does but and the other thing too is he's not even painted as an antagonist he's just a grumpy desk yeah, clerk he that's the thing they never try to paint him as anything other than what he is a grumpy dick and that's yeah a grumpy former cop yeah, because that plays Team Grumpy Dick. Dick. That's Cause, the sticker. Because technically, but you also, have met Frank before. He was in the pilot. Yeah, yeah. he was in the pilot. And all he is, he was he Carter's pilot. first As patient. patient. Oh. He's Carter's first patient on the show. Wow, how crazy! Yeah, with a minor gun. As the wait, and is he, it the same character like canonically? Yep. Whoa! Yeah. Yeah. We asked him oh, cool. about that in the interview yep. because they they never name check him in the pilot. He doesn't get the character doesn't get a name, but he is a cop, and. When Frank shows up in season six, they say that he is a retired cop looking for work. And so, I love that. but we always wondered, we were like, is that the same character? And so when we interviewed him, I was like, just, just to confirm from, from the horse's mouth, are you, is Frank the same guy from the pilot? And he confirmed it. So that's really cool. He, yeah, Frank, Frank is a whole other bag of cats and I adore him and I love what they do with his family too. That's the other reason that makes him so mm. lovable. So we'll, We'll get into all yeah, that we'll when we start there. to get to we'll Frank's see. another. We'll Frank see in about most... six months, Lauren. Frank also, too, once he arrives, doesn't ever go away. Like, he will be there for through the end of the show. So and he has some of the most beautiful moments on the oh. show. He does, which is so weird. Yeah, it, it really Frank Frank will make you ugly cry like some of the other, some of the best ones on the show. Like, yeah, it's I, I'm very excited. I'm thinking of at least two. you are going to hate him out of the gate, though. But I'm hoping yeah. I'm hoping that over the course of the you know eight or nine seasons that follow, your the ice will thaw. Jesus, like you will you will learn to love him because he does have some genuinely great moments. I don't know. Lauren's been telling me Romano gets better for like three years now. No, no, no. I don't. I don't say Romano gets better as in he becomes a better person. I get. He, uh, I will go into this on my nomination. <laughs> he gets better as in he becomes a better foil. Becomes more fun. There's a difference. Yes. Mm. But we'll get into that on my nomination because there is some nuance to word choice for that. So who got Bob? Who got Bob? This is far and away the strangest list of Bobs that we have ever had. Um, most tenuous, uh, but but we'll get into them. Uh, starting with first and foremost, season five, episode five, Bernard, the uh, <laughs> the other Damn. the other medical student with Lucy who uh, just goes off into the ether after that. Uh, that party at the dorm, which we talked about this, I think, in the, the season five finale last week's episode. But re remember with me, if you go back in the DeLorean, if you will, back to the first few episodes of season five, there were so many medical students, it necessitated an entire dorm that Carter was involved with. Oh, and by the right. end of the sea, by the end of the season, it's just Lucy. <laughs> like, and and is Carter still living with Carrie? I think to so. Our, to our yeah, knowledge, to our yeah. knowledge, yeah. I don't think there's anything on screen that says he's not. I, I remembered that being more of a thing. Or it should have been season six. Yeah, how have we not talked about that yet? That was one of I think my like, like you said, they should have done more with it. But what a fun idea that was to put Carter and Carrie together under one roof, like. Her in her robe making the smoothie at 5 a.m. was still one of my favorites. Oh, Belting out. With Grace, uh, Grace Jones up. is what she was listening to. Yeah. That was fantastic. What a Turning good flavor the, of Carrie that was. Turning the music up to drown him out as he starts to talk. <laughs> uh, just mm. 
Um, anyway, who's next? My, my next two here are um, incredibly tertiary, and I would not blame you at all if you don't remember who they are. Um, but I just thought it was it, again from the why did they bother department because they would they would get the same actress or same actor to play these characters who, in the grand scheme of things, just did could not possibly matter less, and they would appear like years apart. So uh, first up is Heather the Lab Tech, who is that's literally her entire uh, credit. Yep. Uh, season five, episode 12 is where she makes her last appearance, where she shows up, uh, at the admit desk to flirt with Doug one last time. And he mm-hmm. being a good boy, he's, he's on his good boy shit at this point. Hasn't killed a kid yet. Um, and he's, <laughs> he's like very soon. He's like, no, you know, I'm, I'm in a relationship. I'm happy. You know, it's, it's one last like chance for cowboy Doug to make his entrance. And he, he doesn't. So. Um, but Heather had also appeared uh, in a couple of other episodes earlier in the show, like in seasons like two or three. So it was just like, why did they bother? Why did they bother bringing this same person back over and over again? Um, speaking of somebody in that same vein, hospital administrator Harriet Spooner, who makes her last appearance in season five, episode 14, um, where she is part of the group of uh, part of the group of hospital muckety mucks. Um, deliberating what what is to be done with doug about after the uh ricky abbott thing kind of falls apart um so she's part of a group of people with uh romano i think Antspa is in there maybe carrie so there, there's a just kind of a group of people kind of standing around and she's part of that group she was also in exodus uh where she checks in on carter uh and then i think she also is listed as a she's credited in the pilot as well Again, same actress the whole time. Why they chose to bring her back once every four years, I'm not sure. But there you go. She got a mention. Uh, the next one uh, could be considered uh, an actual goodbye. It's arguably the most – it is not arguably. It is definitely the most significant one of the season. Um, but enough people sort of mentioned it to me or, or, or campaigned for me that this this deserved to be a bob. Uh, Maggie Doyle. We say good. We yeah. say goodbye to Maggie Doyle in episode season five, episode five, uh, seventeen. Uh, and the only reason that I say she could be considered a, a character we actually say goodbye to is that we do get some dialogue in uh, must be early season six because it hasn't. We haven't heard it yet. Um, that uh, we that gives us some insight into what happened to Maggie and why we're not seeing her anymore. Um, but the fact that it doesn't happen on screen. The fact that she, for so long, you know, Maggie showed up for the first time in season three and was a big, you know, you could make an argument in season three that she should have been part of the credits. And then it was diminishing returns from there. So just a a really disappointing end for a a character that deserved better, I think. Um, Just as she was starting to kind of get interesting, they they ripped her away from us. I was really disappointed to see how, how... uh, much of a backseat she took in her own storyline with that uh, sexual assault accusation against Romano. I feel like she, she was took... let down. I mean, especially by Corday, like that was such a bummer yeah. that she just like leaves her hanging. And like Maggie's just like the only person who was there at all for her is Carrie. Um, yeah. Other than that, she's you, just gone. You could argue that, that at points Maggie takes fourth place in that storyline behind Romano Corday and even Weaver like she is so far out of the focus of her own storyline that and and it's her last one Um, it's just really really upsetting Um, and then uh, season five episode 18 a surprise one that none of us were really expecting Helen Hathaway Carol's mom 
who just disappears, brings breakfast to Carol after Doug leaves, and then is never to be seen again. You would think she might pop up during Carol's pregnancy or maybe when the twins are born, um, but this is the last we will be seeing of Carol's uh, cute little militant mom, uh, and uh, we will not be seeing her anymore. And then the last one, uh, this one was one I did know was coming, um, Season 5, Episode 19, Lynette Evans. Um, kind of, um, I would say like a C plus tier character of kind of a middle tier character. Yeah. She's never going to be a a star. She's never going to be part of the main cast or anything, but she, she made an impact and she did well with what she was given on time on screen. Um, and I was, I think all of us were surprised to see that she stuck around even in the, the infrequent amounts that she did post Doug. Like it would have seemed like a very easy thing to just kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater when Doug leaves and, and not go back to her at all. But they did actually give her a little something to do in those remaining episodes. Um, but after season five, episode 19, that is it for Lynette. And that is it for the Bobs. Uh, I don't have any more, right. kind of, you know, all, other than Maggie and um, Lynette, and I guess to a lesser extent, Bernard, it's a pretty clean season in terms of Bobs. Mm-hmm. Not, not mm-hmm. anything, certainly nothing to the egregious degree of a, of a Dr. Hicks from season four. I mean, I mean, like, Jerry, if we didn't have the foreknowledge that he was coming back, mm-hmm. that would be a pretty major one that he just disappears for two seasons. Yeah. But I don't know if they give us a That would have been a four-part Patreon-exclusive <laughs> character <laughs> retrospective on our boy, our boy Jerry. One episode per season. 24-hour retro- yep. live stream retrospective. All right. Well, that's about going to wrap up. Uh the portion of the show for you folks listening to us on the main podcast feed. Um, Like always, we normally cut it off about halfway through the episode. Um, So our patrons over at patreon.com slash sign the tone podcast can get some, can get some fun, get some, get some good entertainment, get some value for their $5 a month. Uh, So yeah, if you like supporting the show, throw us five bucks. We'd be happy to happy to have you. Um, If you want to hear Jake, flawlessly nail every single one of his reads in the next half Ooh, of the y'all show. don't know what you're missing i want you to go type in your little bar on your firefox because you shouldn't be using google chrome because it's bad for your computer go type in patreon.com slash setting the tone podcast and i want you to subscribe not only at the one dollar tier not only at the five dollar tier but at the 350 dollar tier lauren will tattoo your face on her body but also you will get to hear the (laughs) patreon exclusive content that includes movie reviews where these three folks get to trash one of the greatest movies of our generation the librarian the quest for the spear i haven't forgotten danny now you'll also get the second half of this episode which is where i a guy who gets invited occasionally and in small doses to do these awards you're gonna miss out on a lot so i want you to type in that patreon link i want you to subscribe and then i want you to send that link to your mom and your best friend and then i want you to quit your job because in 2022 we are living free jake if they quit their jobs they can't pay for the guys the sole purpose of you working is to make that at least 350 dollars per month so you can afford that patreon subscription so lauren can get that tattoo everybody we're getting it going we are team frank apparently on this podcast and we're going to see how much regret that will be in next year when i figure out who the fuck frank is (laughs) 
It's going to be great. Uh, so yeah, if you want to listen to the for the award for the awards <laughs> announcements and also uh, what our general what we're looking forward to for season six, uh, please use your Firefox. What if they want to use Safari? How about Safari? What, what about I don't that? acknowledge Apple as a platform. <laughs> Thank you. All right, uh, go to there on Netscape Navigator. Otherwise, we will see you. Uh, and we will see you next week for the season six premiere. Thank you.